Hi, I'm Seth Ballier, the host of I Ride a Bike, where each episode we follow one basic premise, to never grow old, one ride at a time, and the stories that follow. Take me back to the times when we would grab our bikes and ride the days into the night. Though our eyes would soon be open for the moment we were golden. Welcome to another episode of I Ride a Bike the Podcast. We are a couple days out from official longest day of the year here in Maine. Pretty excited about that. And I'm sitting down today with Tira Denny, uh, another Southern Maine bike enthusiast, and uh, took some time here to swing by the Scarborough studio. So thanks for swinging by today. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Seth. Yeah, yeah. It's been fun. We uh, have run into each other a couple times at some races here and there and um, communicated and finally were able to make this uh, connection happen today. So I'm, I'm excited to hear all the the, the back history and your bike stories. I know you said you connected with your parents to help refresh your memory on some of the stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll dive into that in a, in yeah. a little bit here. But before we get into uh, those uh, stories, I always like to start off the podcast with the first question of why do you ride a bike? I ride a bike to push boundaries internally, externally, um, and just to kind of work work through as therapy. It's just... It's fun to to hold yourself accountable and to be afraid, but then to push through those little goals and, and make sure that you know that there's possibility <laughs> um, in hitting whether it's a rock feature or a race or um, some sort of involvement with those around you. It's just, it brings us together and it's just a way to... Uh, to grow as a person. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And and uh, I know that you had mentioned before we hit record that um, you have the added benefit of being able to, your job is remote, so you can sort of like work the riding into around your schedule a little bit better. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, when you work a nine to five uh, job and you get the work stressors and there's things you can't control in the day, you know, taking that time, say in the morning where you get an hour, two hours to just unplug, unwind, not think about work. You just come back so fresh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you're speaking my language. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in the same boat, being a self-employed graphic designer Yeah, I can take my time. If all of a sudden I'm stumped or I'm just frustrated with something, jump on the bike for an hour, head outside, almost always solves the problem in one way or another. Right. Yeah. And it's contagious. I mean, I manage a team and coming to the team fresh and excited and, and being mo- a motivator for them to have a work-life balance just works so well in the long run, yeah. too. Yeah. Leading by example. It's great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's back up. So you, 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 as we had mentioned, you uh, spoke with your folks about uh, earlier memories and things like that. So um, I always like to like get a sense of like where you're, where you come from, what type of, you know, um, bikes and things like that, your involvement as far as back movies go. So like, where are you from originally? 
Yeah, so I grew up in Nyack, New York. Um, my parents were both uh, waiters and doing oddball jobs when I was a kid. My mom moved over from England um, and then got pregnant with me at a summer camp with my father where they met. So she had decided, okay, I'm going to stay in the States. And they kind of just grinded it out. They, they got yeah. oddball jobs moving. Like my dad would move and have me in a hiking backpack, like growing up and they didn't have a lot of money, but they were just, they had so much enthusiasm and we'd always be doing adventures growing up. But, oh. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, bike stories growing up. So chatted with my father, um, definitely was a daddy's girl growing up. Yeah. Um, he was my hero. Uh, he was very active and so when I was, I think, three years old, he um, he got me off the training wheels. <laughs> we just did it um, and, and let go. And uh, after that, I mean, I was just so determined as a child. And the best bike memory I think I can remember that we were able to discuss a little bit before coming on today is... Um, we had this uh, gravel bike trail by us called Minnewaska. It was in New Pulse, New York. And so I think I was, I was like seven or eight years old. And my dad told me, okay, if you want to upgrade your bike, currently I was on like this single speed, like cheapo secondhand bike from who knows where, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> powder pink. <Yeah. laughs> and I just really wanted a bike with gears. And so my father said, Hey, if you can bike this eight mile loop without complaining on a single speed bike, I will buy you a bike with gears. Wow. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a pretty uh, awesome um, offer from him though. Yeah. Yeah. He was always, I mean, the bribery was definitely there. It's yeah. with as motivators um growing up and so I did it I there was not a peep we did the whole eight mile loop there was you know mountains and cliffs and this you know gravel it's beautiful area waterfalls um and got done with it and then after that my dad took me straight to a bike shop we got a GT like bright or, or dark purple um mountain bike with I think you know, like 23 to 28 gears <laughs> like totally, one of those ones yeah, yeah. like, with, like three in the front like Amazing. eight in the back or whatever yeah it was um and you legit went fun. right from that ride to the bike shop yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing yeah, it was good. Yeah, there was definitely lots of moments like that. I was like, okay, well, if you can, if you can not cry after falling, like, we'll go get an ice cream. It's bribery. Like, All right, oh, cool, yeah. I'll do but, it. So was so was this why you were a daddy's girl? Was he's the was he the briber that would come through with it? Yeah, I think he was definitely <laughs> he was definitely the briber. Yeah. Like all growing up. Um, it was just fun. Yeah. I mean, it was just fun yeah. working towards those goals, yeah. and maybe that's why I like racing so much now. But right, um, sure, yeah. Do you actually remember the to back up a little bit the time when you actually like dropped the training wheels? Like, do you remember riding as a three year old though? I mean, you know, yeah, that's digging deep into the memory. I mean, it's deep. Um, I mean, we were in Nyack, New York. It was a town kind of outside of New York City, off of the Tappan Zee Bridge. So there's lots of you know sidewalks, and you know if the light went on, you had to go to bed, like yep, that sort yep. of vibe. And so I think there was definitely some some biking, but can't remember it too much sure. i'm sure it was just kind of like biking was, around the neighborhood yeah, and, it, it was yeah. there but yeah yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure and so you grew up in a neighborhood essentially you yep. said and um do you remember riding with other kids in the neighborhood at all as you got a little bit older maybe towards the six seven range yeah yeah it would be a lot of you know biking to each other's houses and then doing whatever activity we were pretty close to the hudson river too so we 
we'd bike down there and and check out the pier and then just bike on back yeah, yeah right on yeah. and so it sounds like your dad also rode bikes so yeah. a big influence did you ride together a lot then i mean was he, he's your primary uh bike you know ride leader yeah um we definitely biked i think growing up he was more into running and hiking so we did a lot of that um yeah. so i didn't necessarily get like the full bike experience <laughs> growing up but we were active we were always you know hiking or checking out different trails yeah, yeah. And your mom, does she ride at all too, or? Yeah, I mean, she would ride. We would ride as a family. Um, they would have the bike seat, you know, the little like baby bike seat and whatnot, and go on little activities, uh, rides, whatnot. And so, growing up more in the in the uh, you know sort of a suburban setting or whatever, did you? You mentioned this like trail in uh, New Paltz. Was that we said New Paltz? Yep. <laughs> My short-term memory right now is, is going to be yep. awesome. Yeah. Monday morning with a couple cups of coffee. But <laughs> anyway, um, did you get to go out and did you remember any preference like riding? You like to ride in the dirt more or did that ever like excite you to like go out and like adventure like that? Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely a very adventurous kid. Um, I loved climbing trees. Uh, I loved the dirt. I am a Taurus, so of course, like by heart, like I'm very stubborn and I love being with the earth and, you know, scraping up the knees, getting, you know, tree sap in the hair. Like that was definitely me <laughs> yeah. growing up, you know, catching the bugs and whatnot. Like that was so much fun. Um, but yeah, I think, I think having that mountain bike, that GT mountain bike with all those gears, like I loved being in the dirt. Like it was just nice. Like being on the road was just... I don't know. It was just to get to that next place. Yeah, sure. And and obviously, so once you got this uh, shiny new GT with 350 gears and everything, yeah. um, obviously that allowed you to then ride faster too. Do, oh, yeah. do you remember like that experience of just being like almost out of control kind of, you know? I, re yeah. I, I remember specifically those kind of like, holy crap, I'm going so fast, but this is amazing. Oh, yeah. I think uh, after that GT bike, my parents um, had a lot of whoa moments. <laughs> like, all right, like, settle down. <laughs> Try to, like, catch up and whatnot. So, yeah. But you fun. grew up in the era of actually helmets, wearing helmets as oh, a kid, yeah. right? Oh, so, there was definitely a helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because, like, you, that's the best. This time in, you know, riding when I'm interviewing people, I get age differences. Right. And it's funny because the heading more towards my age we had no helmets growing up at right, all it wasn't even right. like a thing so yeah. it's you get that crossover where it's like i don't know if it would have changed how anybody rode you know like mm -hmm. it didn't occur to me like go slower because i didn't have a helmet didn't you know <laughs> but anyway so but did you feel more added safety because you were able to ride a helmet wear a helmet and or any, i mean i guess it's yeah. kind of a I mean, looking back at it now, I can't really remember it was a thing. I'm sure growing up, I was like, oh, this is not cool. Like, I know in high school, it's, like, not cool to wear helmets, sure, right? Totally. Like, um, oh, I can't believe they're wearing a helmet. But um, now, you know, having a child, we always wear helmets. Yeah, like, sure. we're mommy and daddy wear helmets. Yeah. Like, you got to wear a helmet. And then now there's MIPS and all these cool designs mm -hmm. and so now it's cool to wear a helmet. And, but, yeah, and, yeah, and helmet designs are actually looking cooler and things oh, like yeah. that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. I mean, it, it's I brought it up a f several times in past interviews, the whole helmet thing. And, of course, like there's whole countries that generally don't, like a lot of, you know, the Scandinavian countries where people just ride bikes way more than we do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of that probably is because of the, the 
cycling versus the car culture is a, is right. a lot different there too right. so it's generally safer you know in an urban setting but right. um you know i think that's part of it but i don't know yeah it's like it's a mode of transportation and mm-hmm. when you don't have a lot of money yeah right <laughs> to fo- focus on you know getting extra things like helmets and whatnot and then whereas our culture here there's more you know hiking or biking trails in the woods and lots of routes and i mean mm-hmm. i've gotten so many concussions and even oh, having really, a helmet yeah. like oh forget about it yeah, yeah. I, I mean yes i'm to the point now where i'm the the i don't want to jinx myself so it's like um i can't i don't i don't get on my bike even to ride around my driveway generally without a helmet on yeah so it's like that's the one time when i'm going two miles an hour where i yeah. just something happens you yeah. know so I don't know. I get a little paranoid, I guess, about it. You know? I know. No, I always wear a helmet because my child's looking at me. And <laughs> yeah, she's right, like, well, yeah. you didn't wear a helmet that one yeah. five-second time. I was like, okay, all Again, right. Again, leading by example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so you had that GT. You said you were like six or eight, somewhere Yeah, somewhere that. around there. Yeah. yeah. And do you remember advancing on that, getting better at riding bikes? And then, like, what was the next bribery thing that got you your next bike or, or Yeah, so I think – um, I wasn't too into biking that age. I got really into rock climbing okay. with my dad. Yep. Um, so we would go to either the local like mall arcade where you get prizes if you go on the rock climbing like uh, electronic wall or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. And so that was kind of our thing along with like the hiking and whatnot. Um, and then I, I, it really wasn't until either college or I, I moved to London for a year that I really started to get into biking again and like yeah. that endorphin release and just wanting that yeah. over and over again. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, I mean, so you, you had bikes in your life, but it wasn't such a huge integral part of your life yeah. until college, the college age somewhere right. in there. Right. Okay. So let's just sort of skip ahead to sort of some of those, those, um, stories. Um, so London, when you, went to when you were in london was it more road cycling you got into or was it mountain biking yeah i got this i can't even remember the brand of bike but it was this like french or italian um rose gold like road bike that i got off of like craigslist or whatever they have over there yeah yeah (laughs) um and so i would i was working like 72 hours a week managing a bar um and then also working for um a music company uh and so i would just use the bike on my days off or for travel Mm -hmm. going along the different canals because it was just so kind of like romantic where you get to just bike on the canals to the nearest like rose garden like victoria park or whatever and you know eat eat some bread here and there (laughs) and come back and just you know forget about all your troubles yeah did you so did you get the bike just for more recreational or for transportation? Yeah, um, I were when I was managing that bar, there was a couple of coworkers that were super into like road cycling, yeah. and so just seeing how happy they were made me motivated to to get this you know, mm-hmm. secondhand bike. Yeah. Were, were you getting like flashbacks of like riding bikes as a, as a kid at all? I mean, were you thinking back on like, oh, this was a part of my life. I want to bring it back in. Or was it just their pure excitement and, and joy? That yeah, I think it was in? just a new chapter. Yeah, it was like, yeah. all right, I'm going to try this out. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Do, you, did you remember having any, since you hadn't been really riding a ton, were you a little bit nervous about getting back into cycling, especially in a city where you're on the other side of the road with cars and yeah, I mean, I I wasn't. I think I've always been a person that just goes face <laughs> You're first. You're not a nervous person. And yeah. not nervous. I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. But there was a moment where I had gotten the bike in like southern, southern London. 
and London is huge. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to bike to work. Let's just do it. And I bit off a little bit more than I could chew. And I get off the London bridge. And of course there's, you know, eight lanes of traffic. There's a roundabout, like you're supposed (laughs) to turn the opposite way. Like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. So then I got an Uber XL or whatever. (laughs) Really? To pick you up in your bike? Like, I can't do this. (laughs) That's amazing. But, um, yeah. Was that, was that like right after you had gotten the bike? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like so excited. I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. Um, yeah, it was a little bit, a little too, uh, so how long before you decided to try that again and not get the Uber? We always kept the Uber um, I think close. from that, it was like, all right, let's go to the canal. Dial it back a little bit, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So did you get outside of London at all to ride? Um, no, no. I Just because I think because I work so yeah, much. Yeah, 70-something hours. Yeah, it was just insane. But, you know, looking back at it now and being, you know, 31 years old, I'm like, I should have I t- taken the time to take a train to, like, Scotland or something sure. and just got, went and checked it out. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, there's yeah. plenty of time. And you, yeah, and always you can, can go back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's <laughs> still there as far as I last saw. So, right, you know. Right. Yeah, Scotland, like, getting on the countryside in, like, Scot- Scotland would be one of my favorite places to probably go. I've only spent a couple of days there. Yeah. Just, you know, just visiting or whatever. And, of course, you know, you look at these roads or you look somewhere and it's like, oh, I could, you know, you catalog it for the next, you know, right. idea. So right. it's been years, but uh, it's still there. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorite things about uh, talking with people, too, is the people who have gone on some of these adventure trips overseas or wherever they are and picking their brain. It just keeps fueling my fire to want to, like, get out there and, and do the same thing. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you were you were in London for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, did you bring that rose-colored uh, bike back to the states mm. with you, or you just put it back on Craigslist and? No, I think I just gave it to a friend and then <laughs> just hopped on back. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I was in a relation, was in a relationship with my partner still, Mike, um, and I just after college needed a break. I needed to go to London just to find myself. Like I was just too young to settle down. And then of course there was that light bulb moment. It's like, nope, I need to be with you. Like I'm coming back. So, <laughs> yeah, right so I left the bike and I came came right on back to Maine. Right. Yeah. When, when you had to choose between uh, the bike and and your partner, it's like, <laughs> oh, I guess that's an easy choice then, right? Once you figure yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah. So and there's plenty more bikes out there. So oh yeah, you know. totally. Yeah. That's, yeah. So so um so. You said Mike? Yep. So does Mike ride bikes as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, he has ridden bikes, I think, since high school. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a very... Um, He's a very confident rider. Uh, he definitely goes full force, and he's broken many bones. So when we were in a relationship, um, you know, seeing him break his face, his like <laughs> collarbone many times, like all these different bones, I'm like I'm good. Like I am gonna skip the mountain biking for now. Like go have fun. I'll just hang out here in the apartment and just <laughs> totally, don't kill yourself. Totally yeah. dissuaded you from actually going on. I was gonna say because like did he inspire you? Like oh, so let's go for rides. But yeah. sounds like. Yeah, yeah. That many broken bones. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, we had snowboarding, and I was a uh, spitfire with snowboarding. I loved hitting, like, 45-foot jumps and oh, going geez, insane, yeah. and um, and that was, like, my my fun thing to mm-hmm. do with him. Um, but, yeah, eventually he got me on bikes, and we definitely had me very bruised up for a while. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. Did yeah. you ever consider uh, going into uh, the medical field so you could be a, you know, triage nurse on the trail for him when you're out there riding or? 
No, definitely not. <laughs> no. I was like, no, let's just let someone else do, yeah. <laughs> do this. I think now, like, I'm definitely good with blood and all that sort of stuff. But at that time, I was like, oh, I just don't want to see it. Yeah, like, that's fair, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's never a good thing seeing somebody you care about go over the handlebars or crash or any kind of thing like oh, that. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. I, I saw last summer, Katie, it was just a slow motion, one of those slow motion. I was right behind her. We were up at Carabasset Valley. Yeah. And just some of these steep switchbacks coming downhill. And she went a little high on the on the, the berm. Front tires hit this big rock, went right over her handlebars downhill into like a little rock garden. Oh, man. And I thought for sure she was messed up. But thankfully... She's Somehow okay. she, yeah, Jeez. didn't hit her head, banged her knee and elbow, I think a little bit, but that was uh-huh. it. But it was just so frightening to be right behind her. I'm like, oh God, here we go. What's happening? But yeah, worked out fine. Yeah. I just had a moment like that with my good friend, Gabby. We were in North Carolina for the BWR mm-hmm. in North Carolina. And the day after she's like, I want to go to Pisgah. And I was like, all right, I'm exhausted, but let's do it. And I had my stump jumper bike, like my fun bike, um, the longer travel, you know, trail bike with me. She just got her pivot 429. And so we like hike a bike, climb up Pisgah and like go down this like super technical down. And she's only been biking for like a month. And but she's wait, only for a month, like in her life. Yeah, oh, okay. like like well, mountain biking for a month. She's yeah, been yeah. cycling, like gravel cycling. Sure, but yeah. But uh, yeah. So she's like, all right, let's go for it. It had been like downpouring rain, yeah, so of course it's like, slick, yeah. oh my gosh. And um, I'm like, all right, just like calling things out, like right in front of her, like all right, you got this. Like just take it slower, take it like straight with the root, um, the off camper roots. And uh, she, I saw it in the, I heard a scream. And then <laughs> she was following you. Yeah, she yeah. was following me. I, I hear this. I, I knew that this one um, off camber, like roots at the bottom of the tree. I'm like, okay, I've, I've gotten really bad crashes on these. Like, I'm just going to call it out, go slow, like, you know. And, um, but then she was gunning it at that point. She's like, yeah, let's get it. Like, you know, 15 yeah. miles per hour or more down the mountain. And um, all of a sudden, I hear that scream, like, ah. And then, uh, at the corner of my eye, I see her going over the bike. And of course we're like on this ledge of a mountain. And I see her like fling over the ledge from like the back of my eye. And (laughs) what happened is there, cause I guess in North Carolina, there's all these like viney trees Mm -hmm. and like the, um, so her bike got caught by the pedal upside down in the tree, which like unclipped her from the bike. So she didn't have any like broken ankles or anything. And then she got caught by the vines, not a scratch, like just landed in this natural netting. (laughs) I mean, she got like a couple like little hits here and there, but it was insane. But yeah. Well, for a uh, first serious crash on a mountain bike for her, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Similar situation. (laughs) You're like, oh, wow. (laughs) You're like, don't get used to that scenario, ending of that scenario. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good way of like, all right, just be careful. Like, but go for it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Right on. And, and, uh, did that end the ride then, or do you keep on going that day? Oh, it kept going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, then we got up to all the water crossings and yeah. back to the horse stables, yeah. and it was it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, and it was totally worth getting out there and doing it on that rainy day. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. her and I were just like laughing with the torrential downpour, but luckily it was still warm, you know. Um, yeah. So it was good. Yeah, it was worth it. So that's a, it kind of brings up a funny question. I was posing to someone the other day because we'll get into your whole race career and stuff like right, that in right, the second right. half here, yeah. whatever, but. Um, one of the tricks around here is 
all these beautifully groomed trails, right? Yep. All over the place. And it's been it's been raining what for a month now, basically mm. here. I mean oh, so much. Yeah. So how do you train to race on muddy slippery roots and rocks when you really shouldn't be riding the trails when it's Mm -hmm. raining ahead of the race yeah um (sighs) just kind of go for it it's well (laughs) it's it's tough right i mean riding trails like it gets real political and then Mm -hmm. it's also you know that mixture of you gotta be respectful um i mean i mostly train on the roads Mm -hmm. now uh, you build up skills over the years, but I've definitely had moments where I've gone to Nova Scotia and it is downpouring. The roots are huge in Canada and I was not prepared. Yeah. Um, I was not prepared for those conditions. And so, I mean, there's Clifford Park is always open. There's certain trail systems yeah. like yesterday, probably shouldn't have, but I went to Blackstrap and I was like, you know what? I know the main mountain is not good. I know that it gets slick. It's clay. It doesn't hold up well. And so just knowing your surroundings, like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the other trail networks that are close to Blackstrap Mm -hmm. and try those ones out where it's more like that rake and ride, like pine needles and whatnot. So try to stay away from those main hubs. Yep, totally. And there are a few, I mean, we're fortunate right here. I mean, they're not very long trails but there's a few of them off like eastern trail and things yeah. like that if you ever go in there yeah but i yeah, feel like yeah. those are less uh you know a little more acceptable politically yep. to ride yep. on those and you know, yeah. it's rainy or muddy but yeah i mean there's there's definitely certain trails i'll never hit if it's super rainy yeah. um you know like one is in gray like libby hill like those really nicely like machine built yeah. jumps like no 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 like don't hit that um and then, you know, Gorham, they just did so much new work there. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never hit those. But when it's, like, more established trail, yeah. like, I mean, I, I weigh a lot less. And <laughs> yeah, if sure, I'm not yeah. gunning it into corners and my tire isn't sinking, then I think it's acceptable, yeah. personally. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's generally how I feel, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you just don't mess up the stuff that someone put 30 hours exactly. and t- 10 people working on it. And, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. just yeah. common sense, generally. Right. But but it's just a, it's an interesting question when it comes to someone who races a lot and how do you prepare for conditions that you're not allowed to really test out ahead of time necessarily so yeah. or as easily. But I mean, my last mountain bike, we'll, we'll get into it at some point, but it was it was muddy yeah. <laughs> all right so uh stay off the trails if they're uh, you know machine groomed perfect and it's raining outside so that's a, that's a good general rule of thumb on that but um now let's go back a little bit to uh you you came back from london you weren't really getting into mountain biking because you didn't want to you know see all the injuries necessarily but eventually you got into mountain biking yep. um how many years later was that and and what was like the first bike mountain bike you got like what got you into it? Yeah, really? I think it was around like 2015 or so. Mike had me on his his Yeti SB66, you know, 26 inch wheels and uh, super rigged out like 160 mm-hmm. millimeter travel. And um, so he had me with all the the knee and elbow pads and whatnot. We were we were definitely sa- safety first. Um, <laughs> and so. I think that got me into mountain biking and uh, got me motivated to get a 29er bike. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going on all these group rides and these women on the 29er bikes are just more capable of, of getting over, you know, little obstacles. And so uh, that motivated me to um, get the funds and get my first mountain bike, which was a transition smuggler, 120 millimeter travel, perfect for around here. Mm-hmm. and. 
yeah. How did awesome. you uh, um, research and end up with that as being your first real mountain bike? Yeah, we had a local bike shop uh, that we were friends with one of the the workers there, um, Alex Brown. And so he was just wicked into um, transition. Like transition was starting to become big at that time, mm-hmm. but still like a lower known bike brand. It was like cool. Right, uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of what got me into it. Yeah. Yeah. And were you happy with it once you got it? Oh, yeah. 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 It was so much fun. And it was fun too. It was a fun uh, thing to do with Mike, just adding in all the little upgrades. Like it was this black bike and we're adding all the like gold decals and sure, totally. <laughs> yeah. it's funny uh, how, how the slippery slope is, right? Oh yeah. It's I was like, like, Oh, this bike part. No, I just part. need, I just needed a bike and that's it. Okay. I need a bike. And then this little thing yep. is like, yep. next thing you know, the laundry list of uh, oh, things yeah. you've added, you completely forget about. Yeah, right. But, totally. but it's yeah. easy to justify things when it brings so much happiness and joy. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or start, it's when you start, you know, selling, things in your garage to afford new bike parts that's when you maybe were like okay what am i doing right now like, like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to work out my, my car's been broken down for three weeks but i'm just gonna buy more parts for my i know bike, there's always know? a new bike park like a bike part like um the like transition new i don't know derailleur i'm like oh i could really use that then right. if i broke my bike i could just interchange parts but I'm like nope you don't need one. Yep. I definitely do the full swing of, um, I go from, you know, I want the latest, greatest, our gravel bikes we just recently got. It's the, it's the nicest bike I've ever yeah. had in my life by far. Just everything from like just the fit to the components, everything on it. It's way better bike than I deserve. Absolutely. Um, and then, but I'll ride it. I'm just like, this is a dream bike. Like, mm. It's so amazing. But then a couple of weeks later, I'm just like, all I need is just my single speed mountain bike and that's it. I don't need anything else. I just want to simplify my life. And then, you know, I go full swing all the way back. And next thing you know, it's like, I just end up buying another bike. So it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. Know, it's, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's how it goes though. That's the, uh, the, the thing that uh, most cyclists or mountain bikers or whatever can all agree on is it's a, uh, it's okay to have this addiction because we all share it and it and it's a it's a healthy one. Generally. Yeah, it's so, healthy. It's know. cheaper than therapy, right? I don't oh. know. Well, <laughs> Maybe oh. not. <laughs> I I'm gonna say it's just yeah, I don't know. It's probably not. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> I was trying to do the math like the other day. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> well it depends on how many times you say, well, if we did five days a week with a therapist. Oh yeah, then it's tough. You can ride your that. bike five days a week. Biking is cheaper. Yeah, right? exactly. So just yeah. do the math that way and we're yeah. good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a, a quick little break here um, and then we're going to come back and I want to talk more about uh, the 2017 years and on when you got more into the racing side. Yeah. Cool? All Sounds right. great. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Where do you take your bike? Airborne. Vertical. To the max. Bike Max, the new talking computer control center. It tells you how fast you're going. 18 miles per hour. 19.21 miles per hour. How far you've gone. 9.8 miles. And there's a secret coded alarm. Stolen bike. Stolen bike. Only you can disarm. Take your ride to the max. Bike Max. The talking speedometer, odometer, alarm, computer control center. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here with Tira Denny, and uh, we had just been talking about the uh, wonderful addiction of bikes and needing to 
spend all of our spare change on everything bike related. And uh, so along that line, I, I read that you were uh, in college a bassoonist. Is that actually, is that the right way to say it? Yeah, yeah, a bassoonist. Um, I went to college for bassoon performance and music education. Uh, came to Maine for love and the rest playing, is history. Yeah, like <laughs> playing bassoon here. I mean, it was either you go to the Boston Symphony Orchestra um, and you get, you know, 200K a year, which there's only three spots okay. and two of them are, you know, taken by these older gentlemen and like, no, you're not yeah, getting lifers. that. Yeah, totally. yeah, just wait till they, you know, are, are no longer here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or there was the Portland Symphony Orchestra, which was, I don't know, I think at the time I was paying like 20, 20K. I'm like, right. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't going to pay the bills. So, so yeah, I decided you know, maybe it wasn't worth investing the eight hours to four hours a day of practicing the bassoon. Right. Um, and just, yeah. So, so, you, so what you were, so what we're getting at though, is basically at some point you decided that, um, it, it wasn't necessarily something you needed to keep in the arsenal of, of oh, things yeah. in your life. Yeah. I mean, the bassoon was pretty pricey instrument, like $10,000. And I was getting very into mountain bike racing, like trying to get UCI points to do, um, you know, world cup races. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to sell this bassoon. It's just uh, collecting dust. And so I sold it. And I think I, you know, either took that money for travel for the race season or a new bike like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just sold it. Yeah. So you traded one older passion for a newer one and Heck you know, yeah. so it's, it's yeah. okay. It's a good, it's a good trade up. So exactly. Quality of life. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you think you'll ever go back to the bassoon or just pick mm-hmm. up a different instrument? You must play other Probably instruments. Not. So. Yeah. I mean, growing up, my, my father uh, is a guitar teacher mm-hmm. and so it was more, something to make my dad happy and like that passion like i don't know and that bribery was there too like oh if you practice your instrument every hour i'll give you 20 bucks it's like all right cool sold i'll I'll make some money um and then yeah it wasn't really my thing so yeah that's okay though and and then you got a new biker yeah then biking was my thing yeah totally totally. that's great all right so that's that's a fun little thing I, i think that's amazing so um when did you get into actual mountain bike racing? Like, so you got this transition bike in 2015-ish. Yeah, yeah. And then you got into mountain bike racing pretty soon thereafter? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was biking with my partner. Um, and then I started doing these single track sister rides. There was this Monday night ride. Emily um, was leading. And uh, it was Yarmouth Trails, like from Tyler Technology. And went on that bike ride. Um, so you could kind of like suss yourself out like, all right, like how, how is my riding capabilities? Cause you know, you're riding yeah. with this person, like my partner, who's like way better hitting <laughs> these, you know, big drop features. Like I really suck. Like, come on. But then going with these other women, like, all right, I could get over that bridge. Mm-hmm. Like no problem. Okay, cool. And then just worked my way up to different single track sister, like group lady rides. And I think that's what got me motivated into racing is, um, I think my partner's like, wow, yeah, you are good at riding. Like, you should try this out. Like, you could be a good rider. Like, you've got a good, you know, body build for this. Like, you're very athletic. Um, and just having something to work towards. And so through, sing, I think it was either through Single Track Sisters or maybe some other, you know, group ride through a local bike shop, I had um, met some women and decided, oh, it was through Kenny Bunk, um, met Amy 
uh, Kelly and, a, and uh, one other lady, I can't remember, it's been so long, um, but we decided to do the Bradbury 12-hour race, mm-hmm. and we did really well. And it Was just, that your first race ever? Yeah, I think it, so, it, yeah, it. yeah. And uh, so I decided, like, all right, I think this is this is sticky. Like, I want to do more races like this. This feels good to get up on the podium and to work <laughs> towards something, and yeah, it was fun. Did you get the podium the first race at Bradbury? Yeah, I mean, we were top. It wasn't first place. I mean, it was. Yeah. I think we got third place, and yeah, it just felt still, good. I mean, and you know. were working with this team, yeah. and um, yeah. And then I started looking at you know other uh, races in the area. Um, started working with Nicole Sear as a uh, coach, mm-hmm. um, and she had motivated me like you should go do a race series and so there was the Bubba Trophy race series that tried that one out and it's all throughout you know Vermont Massachusetts New Hampshire Maine um and so that was fun getting like second place in that mm-hmm. overall and then getting that like big for the whole the whole the whole series? season yeah yeah, yeah, right yeah, on. yeah it was yeah. fun yeah so I mean at some point obviously you're 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 casually entering a race then you're like adding one or two more races and then you're now doing a whole series around new england yeah was any point did you take a step back and be like what am i doing like this is a lot of time and energy or was it just you were yeah i mean in in 2000 i think it was 2016 i had tried road biking out for a little bit i was doing the the crits and some road races um and I think at that point, like, it was fun working towards it, and it was just about the athletics and the training and whatnot and yep. the group rides, and um, I just wasn't feeling the joy. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot more of aggressive style of racing. Like, the women get really aggressive, and mm-hmm. they'll kind of, like, butt arms t- with each other or, like, yell at each other. I'm like, I, I don't really want to <laughs> spend my Saturday doing this. And then um, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like the Herald, the Herald something or other race. And this guy at the finish line and these cat four or five men um, had been pushed and rammed right into the back of a Prius car and had to get, you know, taken away in an ambulance. I'm like, I'm good. I'm just going to stick with the mountain bike racing. Yeah. So, so I think that was one of those moments like, what am I? doing here like let's reassess yeah, yeah yeah and have you done any road racing stuff since then we have done some gravel stuff I guess. yeah yeah i think bit. the gravel is pretty close to the road style but it's still it's still got that dirt it's still got that vibe that mm-hmm. i like um and then i did the one scarborough crit race this year like i had overtrained for the week and then just did poor and then of course it's like freezing cold and right it's okay it's just yeah it's yeah. not my thing it's yeah. not my jam yeah, well, yeah. it's good it's okay. good to recognize that i mean yeah I, and i think a lot of people who professional athletes they'll they'll get into things and um you know it doesn't it doesn't have to necessarily even bring joy to them it's just what they do right, right. so it's right. Um, I think it's good to recognize that if it's not really making you happy, then just find something that's very similar that does make you happy. Exactly. And so mountain biking sounds like that's the thing for you. Yeah. So more XC style stuff or is it enduro or? Uh, it's interesting. Yesterday I was thinking to myself, like, I could really get into enduro racing. I don't know. We'll see. It's, um, I mean, after pregnancy, it was more so let's get into gravel. Let's do unbound 200 mile race, like mm-hmm. to lose all the pregnancy weight. It was less about like the <laughs> results and less about, you know, like the UCI points. It was more like, I'm going to do this race and I'm going to lose all my pregnancy weight. <laughs> and did it work out? Yeah, it did. It, I mean, pretty much. I mean, you, your body changes with pregnancy, sure. like, of course, and the postpartum crap and whatnot. But um, yeah, it all worked out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So 
uh, chronologically though, here's 2017. You're yep. just getting into Bradbury with your friend, yep. and, the, and then the uh, you said it was the single track sisters. Yep. Um, and so then from there, the pandemic came along. How did that right. change things for you? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic came. Um, I just had acquired enough UCI points. Um, that was my whole goal for 2019: get the UCI points and then go to World Cups. And, and really hit that mark with professional racing for um, cross-country mountain biking. And then pandemic hits, you know, everything just is put on hold indefinitely. All the races had been canceled. Nobody was sure if anything would come back. Even the local races are still slowly trickling back. Mm-hmm. And um, our best friends um, at the time, Alicia and Greg, we're seven weeks into their pregnancy and we were on the ride to the Eastern trail and they go, we're going to have a baby. Like, wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think it was at that point, um, just with things being on hold, I'm like, all right, <laughs> well, I mean, you just got pregnant. Like maybe we could time it out. Like, <laughs> right, totally. Have little shredders together, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we decided to take the plunge and a month later, we're like, yeah, we're pregnant too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fast track. <laughs> yeah. That's that's amazing. So now you obviously had you had some uh, extra activities now during the pandemic, yeah. um, <laughs> rearing a uh, child and, yep. and things like that. Yep. Um, were you still able to ride much at that time or you sort of take some time back from it? or? Yeah. Um, I had, I mean, through pregnancy, I had a lot of emotions. I think that was a big factor for me personally. I think it's different for every single person um, and everyone's story is different. And I definitely ate a lot of food I shouldn't have mm-hmm. eaten, mm-hmm. taken less time on the bike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was in a good, good place until I think it was late August. Like we got pregnant in mid-May and then late August when I was super hot, I got... I was doing these hard intervals, uh, just on the road and I felt dizzy and like, I need to check in with myself. Like this is no, like you need to put this little child first. Mm And, um, and then, yeah, I think that's the time where I was like, all right, I'm going to slow down, like easier efforts and then gain like a hundred pounds. It was insane. And, um, had preeclampsia. And so like really, Going from, you know, working out 10 plus hours a week to, okay. Right. <laughs> so, um, I can just imagine the, uh, I mean the physical part, but then there's the emotional mental part of all of that. I mean, right. going from 2019, you're riding, you're getting these points, you're heading towards this goal, this big yep. goal to this. Right. Right. Did at any point, did you re- know that, you know, you're come, you would be able to come back around to getting back into the riding. It was just, yeah. just delayed. It wasn't like indefinite necessarily. Yeah. Or I mean, that's the goal. Like that's what Mike and I had discussed is like, all right, racing is still going to be a thing. Like we're just going to take some time off and we'll get back into it. But I don't think we both saw the time off mm. <laughs> as being such a, a downward spiral for fitness. But yeah. So now it's just been getting back, hitting yeah. goals and whatnot. Yeah. What was your, uh, so your child, daughter, your daughter? Yeah, daughter. Um, yeah. How old is she now? She's two. Okay. Yeah. So it, at what point did you decide to start really getting back in? I mean, you were, you were joking. I don't know if you were joking, actually. Yeah. Un- unbound 200, you know. To, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. What was the first race back? So. Or first goal? Yeah, I mean, after I had Zoe, six weeks later, I got back into training with a coach. But then she, I mean, this coach at the time was prescribing like six hour rides on the mm. weekend. 
and like, I can't do this. And, and then I almost like hit a dog on the Eastern trail and I've got all these like postpartum emotions. Totally. Like, oh, what yeah. am I doing here? Like, no. <laughs> so then I put on hold again. And then I think it was like six months later uh, or eight months later, I'm like, all right, called up an old coach, Kurt Perham. And was like, all right, I want to do the 200 mile. I need something to focus on to get back, to, back at that fitness level. And so yeah, then that was like the first race. Like, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. wow. So that was your first race back? Was the was the Unbound Two Hundred? Um, I think there was or like Ras. Yeah, I mean, there was like Ras Petitza. There was where the pavement ends in North Car- uh, New Hampshire. Like some some races to work up to that like A race. Right. Um, yeah. for the year last year, but yeah, I mean that was like the race we worked towards. Yeah. 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 Were you feeling pretty confident you were going to get back to the race shape and everything? I mean, obviously it took a little time, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. Uh, when you have your kid in daycare, there's, like, the constant germs mm. and, you know, work stress and then all the things. So it was it was not a steady, you know, uh, steady journey upwards. And I know Mike and I definitely lost a lot of sleep. Like, we should probably have done, like, the whole sleep training thing, like, when she was younger. And we were just too lenient about it. Like, yeah. no. We just yeah probably get like two to five hours of let's sleep. give her yeah. all of our energy yeah. every yeah. second yeah, oh my gosh can, yeah. Uh, yeah no sleep is not good for biking yeah. not good for anything yeah. especially oh yeah uh, yeah high output energy you know oh exercise. yeah trying to train yeah 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 for sure so how did you do in the uh, 200 did you did you finish first yeah. of all i guess because that's one of those races that <laughs> yeah i mean i did okay um i definitely got really sick could have had COVID, just mm-hmm. going to be frank there. Like, could have had COVID, but I was like, nothing is going to stop this. Like, I got to get to this race. Um, and I ended up – I was doing pretty good. Like, I was in front of um, – for the first, like, 100 miles or so, I was in front of a lot of, like, really strong pro women that I look up to. Like, you check out their Instagrams and whatnot. <laughs> and then um, I think it was about, like, the 89-mile marker – and hilly goat like the pro racer she does um like endurance running or epics or whatever uh she had crashed really bad in front of me um in the mud because the mud was just insane Mm -hmm. last year like nothing compared to this year apparently but yeah the mud was insane we were going on this down and then of course there was like that little bit of a turn and she went over the bars hit down hard hit her head like the front shifting was all messed up and like turned inward and Mm -hmm. so I'm and the derailleur wasn't working anymore so I had to um choose at that point it's like do you want to help this person that's crying or do you want to throw away your race and I was like all right I'm gonna stop and help this person who's crying and so Uh. yeah we ended up uh she she actually ended up carrying me along because she had some good fitness um where I was drafting off of her for a little bit like maybe like 40 miles or so really yeah so she she was able to to get her bike oh yeah yeah I helped her fix it and then enough to um because she rides for Pinarello Mm -hmm. um on their pro team and so we got her to the next aid station they fixed her bike her derailleur hanger and um yeah, and then we we biked together for a bit there. Yeah. Right on, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, in all, I mean, you, at least you got a bunch of karma points right there exactly. for sure. Right? Yeah, so, right. maybe I got karma. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, karma points, whatever. I mean, believe it or not, or you know, I I I, I can't not help people necessarily if I see no. something. We just did this yeah. this Cuca race and riding along, and 
I was maybe only 15, 12, 15 miles in. I, fe- I was feeling really awesome at that time. Yeah. I was also pushing way too hard, as I had mentioned <laughs> earlier. But um, uh, I came around the corner. A guy was on the side of the road. And I yelled, like, you need anything? He's like, you got a tube? So I just, like, yeah. slammed my brakes on and jumped and gave him my only spare tube, of course. Yeah. Still with 50, 40 miles to go. I was like, please don't blow a tire right yeah, now. Yeah, like, good um, karma, good but karma. But it was good. It's like, you know, and I hope that guy finished the race and then he had a good time. I oh, hope yeah. so. I never saw him again, but, you know. Yeah, but um, it feels good. Yeah, it feels good. It feels so good to help people. It does. And, yeah, it really does. Someday, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you did the, will you ever do the Unbound again? Um, I think when I'm, when I have some better fitness, uh, the goal this year was to stay East coast, Mm -hmm. spend a little less money, drive to all the events so that you don't have to deal with TSA. And, um, if I can get top five finishes, then I'll go back to unbound. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. What's your uh, next big race you're doing? Uh, so I'll be at the Carabasset, uh, backcountry challenge. Mm -hmm. Doing the hundred K again? Yeah. hundred K. I just sent out my suspension, so we'll see if it comes back in time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then I think, yeah, the next bigger race, um, I'm trying to win the NUE, like endurance series this year for mountain biking for the 100 mile races. Mm-hmm. So um, the following weekend after Carabasset is, uh, I think that one's in State College, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. So what is NUE? Yeah. I'm not familiar with It's like acronyms. National Ultra Endurance okay, yeah. Mountain Biking. Right event. on. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you drive to all of these then? Yeah, that was the, that was the goal this year. I mean, the 15-hour drive from North Carolina after riding Pisco was a lot. Yeah, pulled sure. an all-nighter, but um, well, yeah. That's actually right because I, I when I would try to set this up, you I, literally just pulled in the driveway essentially. Oh yeah, right? I was like running so on now three I'm hours of sleep. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is great. Yeah, we <laughs> should totally it. get on the mic. <laughs> that we postponed it for the for yeah. A week anyway, I would have so. been a little sleep deprived still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So the Carabasset race. I mean, that's that's our next one as well. We're just doing the 25k. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just you know whatever. But uh, no, hopefully my awesome. knee is yeah. repaired by then. Um, but, uh, you, you did it last year Yeah, and you, and you got first, was it last year you got the first place finish in that? I, I got the second place. Yeah. Okay. Kelly Catali is a very strong rider. She got first place. Oh, that's right. You know, she's doing world cups yeah. for yeah. marathon mountain bike right now. And I'm so proud of her. We used to be wicked close. And then of course having a baby, like just kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the great divide. Yeah. yeah. Kind of hard, but, um, yeah, no, she won it. And I think this year. If I can get a second or first, like that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. right on. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, and obviously you set goals. You always want to get first. I mean, that's your ultimate yeah, goal, right? You always but I mean, yeah. do you, what's, what level of uh, disappointment do you feel if you, what if you got 10th place this year? I mean, would you still have enjoyed and, and been happy to have been in the race? I think that it's always fun to, to win and, it's hard not to compare yourself with others, you know, looking at Strava, it's like, okay, they've trained like 350 hours this year. Like I'm only at like 270, like, Oh man, like I got to really be efficient here. Um, you know, limited time and all. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, not much has changed with the course. And so being able to, depending on, you know, factors that you can control, like, of course, yeah. if it downpours rain, like Mohegan last a few weeks ago, I can't control that. But if you can beat your time and I have a power meter on my bike, so if mm-hmm. I can like beat my power numbers, like that's what really matters. <laughs> like just yeah. trying yeah. to like continue to work towards goals and whatnot. Yeah, so, sure, sure. Yeah. You just brought up a... a- the aspect I've never even considered because I just I'm not 
pro racer in racing that much, you know. Um, but the whole looking at other racers, Strava, well, how much they've been riding up until the race. Like, I didn't yep. even cons- consider, like, comparing to, like, what people have been doing around you. And, yeah. like, you know, so. Yeah. But it's all it's all different. It's, it's, it's tough, right? I mean, there's so many strong riders. And especially with mountain biking, you've got, you know, your technical skills and ability and just willing to, like, go for it, like, send it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think... Yeah, looking at the power numbers and being able to make it a realistic goal Mm -hmm. is just something that motivates me. It's not like, I'm going to just beat them. Like, I'm going to beat this. It's like, oh, okay. Like, they did this this gravel race at 191 watts for eight hours. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, I just did it at, like, 171. Like, all right, you got to get to this level. Like, it's going to – it'll happen. You just got to keep working towards it. Yeah, Yeah. right on. That's cool. And do you you see yourself – like, what is your ultimate goal with racing? I mean, do you yep. want to head towards more of a national stage or world stage if, if you could get to that point? Yeah, I mean, I really... Obviously, it requires yeah. even more energy and more time and money and all right. these things. Well, I think that's the goal, right, is to... I mean, of course, uh, career-wise, like, continuing to grow, you know, promotions, whatnot, like, of course, well, it's that's right, jobs there. too. We have jobs. Yeah, too. we have jobs, so we can <laughs> technically pay for things. But I mean, the always, the goal has always been like, I want to be nationally recognized. Like, mm-hmm. I want my work to mean something to me, and like to Maine, and like to my, you know, I want to show Mike too that I'm not just spending time away from our daughter. Right. That it means something. Like this time isn't wasted, right. and so that's been a big thing lately. Is you know, especially during these long races, like you need to freaking go. Like you prove it to Mike that you're away from right. your daughter for a reason. Yeah, so. you're not riding just for yourself in exactly. that regard. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a that's a pretty special thing to keep in the back of your mind. I mean it it may also add a little pressure. I mean yeah. the stressor pressure, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. I mean yeah. I'm I've definitely always wanted the stressor, which is not cool yeah. or yeah. like nice or whatever. But I I do I I think I strive on that of having something that you can work towards that you can control whether it's practicing a bassoon and like making your way to a certain chair and a certain orchestra or whatever or you know having um these intervals that you're doing week over week over week and knowing like if i do this three more years like it's gonna get me on those top steps Mm -hmm, and uh so it's just fun to work towards something. Yeah, yeah, that's really great. I like the aspect you started saying about, you know, doing it for Maine and stuff like that, too. Yeah. I, love, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm assuming most people have pride in their home state, but there's something special about being from Maine that I feel like a lot of people share. And, yeah. you know, we're in our little, like, you know, silo of, you know, we're in Maine. So that's all I really hear. But I, I love that aspect of it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm from New York, so I'm not an official. I'm from New Ma- York, too. Maina, so, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's OK. But I don't know, even, even the other day, like on my Instagram, it's like, go, go me, like do it for me. And I was like, yes, yeah, okay, cool. So cool. That makes me feel so proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. So, I mean, on that note too, so you, you're pretty involved uh, in the community as well. Yeah. Uh, I've seen like you, you've done some coaching, trail building, things like that. Yeah. You want to tell us a little about, about the, the coaching aspect? Yeah, so I definitely want to get back into it. Pandemic put a hold. Um, but I think my... Most fun experiences have been with other women and then also with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through 
Gorham Bike and Ski, we were doing a, you know, sponsorship for me. And then they had also provided me with an opportunity. It was like, hey, you want to work with kids like five to eight years old called the Little Shredders? We're going to do it, um, you know, on Tuesdays at like 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And uh, meet up in Cape Elizabeth, Robinson Woods. We've got these new machine built trails we just built out that we want to hold it at. And so it was just a great opportunity um, got to get free coaching on how to coach kids oh, yeah. through Shannon. Oh, cool. Um, I think it's at Gearworks now, not sure. Uh, but it was just a great experience, like learning little things like, okay, if you take like tennis balls, you have eight halves of tennis balls and then you've got this little trail and then you can put out like three or four or five and you just kind of sprinkle them throughout the trail and it gives kids practice for like scanning the trails Mm -hmm. and so you have to tell the kids like all right we're gonna go from this point to this point and then you have to tell me like how many tennis balls there are and if you can guess how many tennis balls like anyone who can guess like you'll get some candy (laughs) (laughs) go back to the old bribery (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was just so much fun or yeah you're next you're now counting till five after your partner and they're just so cute i mean there was this one kid a part of our crew named zubin and he was Great like name. on this little like single speed bike and he was just you know smaller than all the other kids but i'm sure it's not the case anymore like they just grow at different yeah. you know stages and he was so cute he's just like yeah i'm going for it yeah it that's just, so cool it was so fun yeah. it just yeah again it's one of those things where helping people feels good like helping kids yeah. like feels good so yeah absolutely yeah. and and so beyond so we get back into coaching at some point when, it, yeah. when the time allows yeah. and things like that um you also trail building i mean what other community aspects are, are, are you most passionate about yeah i think um before you know before a pandemic like very into um helping clean up trails you know like leaf blowing cutting back branches like yesterday at you know, Blackstrap, there was this little bridge and I got flown off because of this branch. I'm like, all right, I'm coming back here with some loppers and I'm going to try to get this tree so this doesn't happen, happen to other riders. And it's like, yeah, just going to take the time to help others and mm-hmm. try and like give back, whether it's, you know, giving back money to the community, like our down payment, part of that went to building Blackstrap trails mm-hmm. and um, spending the time to do volunteer days. Uh, definitely don't have the time right now to do any sort of machine building or anything like that but yeah. eventually it'll yeah. be fun yeah yeah, yeah. And, this, and this is the thing is that you don't have to be go in completely both feet into these types of things either you can just no. help a little bit or like you were saying like just to bring some loppers next time and cut exactly. a few of the branches back i mean one of the things that i find myself doing a lot just on a when i'm on a fun ride usually by myself is because uh, I, I ride a little bit taller. So there's always branches that are mm-hmm. just going to hit my helmet or like almost stab you in the eye, but maybe a lot right. of people are going under them. So those I almost always stop and try to break those off a little bit higher. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not necessarily doing trail building, but, you know, a little something. Yeah, so. yeah no, and it's cool. I mean, they always post it on Facebook. I think like G- GP Nemba does a good job mm-hmm. of posting them on Facebook and, um, you know, trail dig day or whatever. And so... Um, they were building a few years back rampage. And so there's this like cross hatch area where I like digged and like put it in. And every time I I bike that trail, I'm like, Oh, that's 
Yeah. One time I yeah. built that. Yeah. I built that little steep part. Yeah. A little extra pride in it. Yeah, it's really cool. exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh. And it goes kind of back to the very beginning of this conversation. We were talking about, you know, riding in like the wet, muddy days. And you kind yeah. of appreciate how much energy goes into oh, totally. creating this one little berm. And it's like, oh, it, I mean, you, you could just look at it without knowing. You're like, oh, it took a couple hours and like one right. person did it. And it's like, no, that actually took an entire weekend. Yeah. We have 17 wheelbarrows from the parking lot a mile away. It's, oh, yeah. you know, so. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Know, but it's really that's really cool. Um, well, I feel like this is probably a good spot, you know, to sort of to, to close this one out. You feeling yeah, yeah. pretty good? Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Cool. So before before I let you go, though, we're kind of touched on a little bit the community stuff. But anything you want to plug out there or anybody you want to say hi to? Yeah. Um, just anything's possible. Don't hold yourself back. Mm-hmm. That's like the uh, definitely, you know, in watching friends get into biking and whatnot. It's like it looks a lot scarier. Like you're, you're your own, um, you, you hold yourself accountable. And if you want to hit it, like just freaking go for it. (laughs) You're never too young. You're never too old. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Just, yeah. Any, uh, like further like resources. I mean, you mentioned some like group rides and things for these people who maybe want to get into biking, but they're apprehensive and yeah, I mean, I found single track sisters through Allspeed. I went into Allspeed and and other local bike shops and just had asked, like, all right, where's the group rides? Where's the group rides? And um, I do think there's a lot of value in riding with others and in asking different local bike shops, like, yeah. hey, what's going on? Like, yeah. what, um, And so I think, yeah, if you can just head to your local bike shop and just ask, like, hey, I want to check this out. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe buy something, too. You know? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, you gotta support, support your, local your local bike, bike shop. Shops, yeah. yeah, I mean the fact that they're there with so much knowledge, like you gotta pay it forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Anybody want to say hi to before I let you go? Hi Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, I really appreciate you swinging by today. Um, hopefully, you had a fun time sitting down talking stories. I know I did. So, yeah, thanks so much, um, Seth. Yeah and, yeah, and we'll have to uh, get a group ride. Get Katie out there. Um, yeah. Well. You just have to wait up for us, you know, a little bit maybe. So. Hey, no. Hey, any speed. <laughs> any right, speed, perfect. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, thanks for swinging by. Um, anybody out there, if you have any uh, stories you want to share, track me down on uh, social media at I Ride a Bike or on the website iRideABike.com. And as always, until next time, ride safe and ride happy. Nice. Thank you. Take me back. To the times when we would grab our bikes And ride the days into the night Though our eyes would soon be open For the moment we were golden This has been a production of iRide LLC. For more information, please visit iRideABike.com. Theme song by Spencer Alby. Want to hear more? Enter at Spencer Alby on socials and streaming platforms.